This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. So this morning, I just want to take a moment. I just want to pray. I just want to give God the floor this morning to come and to speak uh, to his people this morning. Father, I just thank you that you love us so much, that, God, you have such a heart of compassion. And, God, sometimes we see your rules and your regulations, and we see them as hindrances. But, God, they are your compassionate cry to a people of, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, come out of captivity. This is the way, come away from sin. This is the way, come into life, come into truth, that I may set you free, that the name of my Son, that the name and the blood of Jesus Christ will wash away every tear. It will wash away every sin and it will cleanse a heart and it will change and transform a heart in a way that you can't even imagine. God, we just give you full reign this morning. God, we just give you hearts. Your word says that you honor those who honor you. And so God, this morning, we honor you with everything we have. We open our minds and our hearts and our spirits to receive your word this morning. Give us the grace to fulfill what truth demands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, So this morning, um, we're actually going to be starting a series called Fit to Lash, hashtag relationships. And um, basically, it's just about having healthy relationships. And so for in the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about three different things. So we're going to talk about integrity, we're going to talk about communication, and we're going to talk about boundaries. And the reason why I chose those three things is because those things are foundational seeds to every relationship you will ever have. So whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your son or your daughter, whether it's with family members, coworkers, friends, uh, whoever you run into, those are the three foundational seeds that are going to allow your relationships to flourish and to grow and to have health. And um, the reason why I started out with integrity is because integrity is, in fo- is foundational to every form of communication that we will have Uh, with everybody. You can't have proper communication without integrity. And integrity and the foundation of communication then are the foundation to proper boundaries. So how do you set boundaries in your relationships? So that's why we want to talk about those this morning. And um, in regards to uh, relationships, you know, we all want and need healthy, fit relationships. But sometimes, as you all know, that uh, relationships are not easy. They're hard. It can be very, very hard. They can be very, very rewarding, and sometimes they can be very discouraging. Anybody with me this morning? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've certainly had my, my moments within certain relationships that I was very, very discouraged, and then moments in relationships where you're just flying high and you're thinking, how is it possible that I could be uh, blessed with a relationship like this? So uh, sometimes in our relationships, it can, it can be unclear Uh, or out of focus sometimes. We want healthy relationships, but sometimes we don't know how to get there. And um, there can be moments in time where you have seen a relationship that somebody else has, maybe with their coworker or with their parent or something like that, and you're like, I really would like to have 
that type of relationship. And um, we tend to then compare it to our own relationships that we have. And sometimes that can be not a wise thing to do. Other times, if you're comparing it and you're going, you know what, the relationship that I'm in is not ideal and, and it's not quite where I want it to be, but you know what, I see that individual and they have a healthy relationship there and I would like to have that. So I'd like to know how did they get there, what did they do to have that healthy relationship. And that actually becomes a good comparison. It takes us from where we are to where not only do we want to be, but perhaps where we should be. So this morning, um, some of the, the reasons why how to get there can be slightly out of focus is for one simple reason. It can that we desperately try to harvest healthy relationships without ever identifying if we've planted the right seed. So we keep reaping something sometimes with, and trying to figure out, okay, this is a symptom and this is really affecting my relationships, but we never quite go past the symptoms back to find out what seed was planted in order to create this moment in time. So we can't harvest what we haven't sown. And as you all know, if you plant an apple seed, you're not going to reap an orange, correct? Good. we got some intelligent people here this morning. Good job. Okay, you, get, you have a letter A as you walk out the door. You get the gold star this morning. So um, we, our title for this series was called Fit to Last. And I just want to uh, define what that word fit means. So the dictionary definition says that it means to be adapted to an end design, to be sound physically and mentally, and to be healthy. And the Bible's definition of the word fit from the Greek word eutheros means to be well-placed, suited for, or adapted to. So for example, um, if you have a wedding ring on your finger this morning, probably more likely for the females to have a diamond in that ring, Um, your diamond has been well-fitted and suited for and adapted to the ring and the setting in which it was placed. And that's what it means to be fit. And uh, we are meant to be in relationships. We are meant to have fit relationships. We are meant to be well-suited and adapted to. Uh, But because of the fall, then sometimes those relationships also come under that concept of the fall. And there can be sin involved, there can be mistakes involved, um, but God wants to bring his ideal to those, those situations and continue to make you well-suited and adapted for it. Uh, the Phillips commentary also describes the Greek word fit this way. It says, those who are fit are those who are able to work under God's rule or where God reigns. Isn't that interesting? So the very first thing you can think about with your healthy relationships today is, is there a seed of God ruling and God reigning over, our, over my relationship? Is God involved in your life? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're actually just here and you're just starting to seek God. His very first question to you is when you're thinking about your relationships is, am I involved in your life? Am I involved in that, in that relationship? For those who are already in Christ, He's saying to you today, if you're having issues in your relationship, are you allowing me to rule and to reign within your life and within those relationships? Um, We could also say that, so with those definitions then, we could also say that fit, healthy relationships are those that are under God's lordship. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So is God the Lord of your life? in the Lord of your relationships. Um, Now this morning, after having defined fit, I'm now going to move into, I'm going to be talking about 
the concept of integrity today. And um, for those who might have been here, do you, how many were here when Charlie Sweet was here? Okay, so good. So quite a few of you. So um, when Charlie Sweet um, brought me up on the Sunday morning and he spoke over me, there was one particular thing that he spoke um, that I went back and I was just contemplating that. And I just felt like God was highlighting it this morning. And, excuse me, one of those things was, he said that I was a ladder person. And what he meant by that was that he said, what I do is I come and I find people who are in a pit. And I, and I put a ladder down to them. And I say, come out of that pit. I'm giving you away. Come out of that pit. And um, when I was thinking about it, that's exactly the kind of thing that I do when I mentor people, when I counsel people, um, there is something that God has given me a, a gift to say, you know what, there's hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. He's given me a, an ability to encourage people to recognize, you know what, your situation and your circumstances may not be ideal. It may not be exactly where you want it to be. Your heart may be broken. But you know what, there's a ladder. And God's going to put that ladder down, and he's going to show you how to walk out of that pit. And I feel like this morning that God was wanting to say to some of you that some of you are in a pit this morning. And he is going to put down a ladder, and that ladder is a ladder of integrity. And as we go throughout this message, you'll start to understand that that first rung on that ladder of integrity to get out of your pit is repentance. So this morning, um, we wanted to see change in our relationships. And if we want to see change in our relationships, then we must have a return to integrity. So my goal this morning is to convince us, because it's really hard to, I mean, as, as children are growing up and you're a parent, or you can come alongside and you can teach children how to have integrity just by them watching you walk in integrity. But for somebody like me this morning who's, who is standing up, and maybe I have not met you yet, you wouldn't, I would not necessarily be able to this morning teach you by who I am how to walk in integrity. All I can do is use my words to teach you from God's word, what integrity is. And um, what I feel like God is wanting to do is he wants through me to convince you that integrity is really, really important. You, you can't bypass integrity. You can't put it to the side. You can't shove it down. It has to be uh, there in our lives because it is a foundation to everything you will do in your relationships. Nothing can bypass Integrity. And um, in terms of that importance of something, you know, for example, we live in Canada, and in Canada we drive on the right-hand side of the road. That's important. Um, When you go to Australia, they drive on the left-hand side of the road. That's important. So in May, when our family went to Australia, it was very, very, very important that our family um, understood that when we were driving in Australia that we needed to drive on the left-hand side, or the left-hand side... (laughs) And the right-hand side. <laughs> I'm glad there's no video. It's all online, so they don't know. I just messed that up. My daughter would say I, I, she must get it from me because she has trouble with her left and her right, too. But, um, so it was really, really important that we understood that we needed to drive on the left-hand side because if we didn't recognize the importance of that, what were we going to do? We were going to end up hurting somebody else or ourselves or possibly both. So integrity is exactly the same thing. If we don't understand the importance of it, then we're going to hurt ourselves, other people, or most likely both. Um, Integrity is the core of God's character, and it is foundational to his relationship with us. 
Integrity must be the core in our relationship with him, and it must be the core in our relationship with others. So, for example, um, the more a person or a culture literally drifts away, and I do mean drift, because sometimes when we drift away from God's character, we do it slowly. It doesn't happen sometimes overnight. It's just a slow drifting away from God's character. And when we slowly drift away from God's character, then we have less and less integrity, because integrity is the core of God's character, and we'll look into that a little bit further. So, um, you know, the Bible says also, too, that um, that we're going to be changed from glory to glory, that as we come into Christ, that there's a seed that's inside of us, and we're going to change, and we're going to become more and more like him. Um, but sometimes how to, the way that we behave and the way that we do things, the way that we have lack of integrity, we're not necessarily looking quite like Jesus Christ. But we keep expecting Jesus to come and change things for us, but he's saying, You're, you need to be the one that changes, because I don't change. So this morning, if there's a change that needs to happen in your life, know that it's not God that needs to change. It's us. So let's take a look at what is integrity. So it's a firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values. It's an incorruptibility. It's an unimpaired condition, such as soundness. It's the quality or state of being complete or undivided. And integrity in the Old Testament means the condition of being without blemish, completeness, perfection, sincerity, soundness, uprightness, and wholeness. And integrity in the New Testament means honesty and adherence to a pattern of good works. Uh, There's an author, his name is Frank Damasion, and he describes integrity this way. He says, it's one who is able to be examined and found to be true. Isn't that an awesome statement? Wow. In its simplicity, integrity is one that is able to be examined and found to be true. How many here actually like when God examines our hearts? (laughs) Excellent, Damon. Oh, you get another gold star as you're walking out the door this morning. Um, Most of us don't. Most most of us want to run away from that. Um, but, But in order for God to find integrity in us, he has to have the ability to examine us and find out that the things that we're doing are true to his word. Um, you know, when you think of um, Peter, the Apostle Peter, uh, in his book, he said, God tests us, and he examines us, and he tries us with all kinds of trials. So whatever trial you've gone through, whatever trial you may be going through this morning, what God is doing is he's examining you so you can line up with the truth, so you can be found true. Um, so another great example uh, is David, and this particular portion of scripture comes from when David actually was in captivity in a foreign land, and um, he had risen up in the ranks uh, because of the wisdom of God that was on his life, and we want to take a, just a quick look at uh, how it was that Daniel rose up in the ranks. It says in Daniel 6 and th- 3 and 4, it says, Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm, the administrators and satraps. And every time I say that, I keep thinking set traps. It's interesting because as you find out, the administrators and the satraps actually did try to set a trap for Daniel. Um, It says, therefore, they kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. But they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Daniel was a man of integrity. 
He uh, took care of absolutely every detail uh, in his life. And Daniel was examined not only by God. That's how he began to rise in the ranks because God honors those who honor him, right? But he also began to, other people began to try to examine him. So you know what? When you begin to allow integrity to grow in your life, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like that you're, you're choosing to go all out for God. Not everybody's going to like that you're going to give your whole heart to God. Not everybody's going to like that you're going to give up certain things, that you're going to say no to some things and say yes to some things, right? Just like Gary Hayes said. Not everybody's going to like that, and they're going to try to examine you. They're going to try to even trip you up, set traps for you to see if you have any corruption or negligence in you. Now, uh, may I just say this before we go on? None of us are perfect, None of us are perfect. So the things that arise in your heart, know this, that it's that first ladder of integrity, repentance. And it's in recognizing those things that trip us up, those things that other people might try to find to trip us off. The moment we acknowledge it, understand it, take it before God, take it before the cross, let the name and the blood of Jesus wash over it with forgiveness through your repentance. You're still on that ladder of integrity, walking out of your pit. Um, what I wanted to do this morning, before we moved into integrity into our lives, is truly I wanted to examine God's character through the word of God. So let's, let's examine God's character. He is incorruptible. 1 Peter 1 and 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And it's speaking of our salvation, that the word of God, the seed of God, the life of God that is planted into our lives at the moment of salvation is incorruptible. Isn't that amazing? Incorruptible. God's character is sound and it is stable. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says, He is the rock. Jesus is the rock on which I stand. I won't sing for you because you'll kick me out. I won't get an A on that one. (laughs) You know, I stopped music and I entered art class, which was because I got a C. I wanted to do the drums, but they put me on flute and I lasted for about three months and I got a C on the report card and I couldn't handle that. I like A's. uh, So I quit. (laughs) wouldn't suggest that. However, my talent is with art. (laughs) It's not with music. So um, it's good for you to know that this morning. So he said, he is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are law and justice. A God of faithfulness without breach or deviation. He is just and right is he. Awesome. Without breach or deviation. Absolutely amazing. The enemy can't breach the name of Jesus Christ because he's been examined and found to be true. The enemy can't breach the truth of God that he has planted and seeded inside of you because it's incorruptible. It is sound. The enemy can't deviate from it. He cannot breach it. But you have to land on the word of God. You have to be in obedience to the word of God. You have to know that that is the word of God. So you can stand on it, and the enemy can't breach that. When he comes to try to steal and kill and destroy from you, you need to stand on the word of God. Not on what you do, not on who you are, but because of the word of God in your life. Does that make sense? Awesome. 
God is also complete and undivided. Matthew 5 and 48 says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And the translation of perfect there is be complete, be whole. So this is the, this is the character of the God that we serve. He is full of integrity. So if that's the seed that's been planted in us, that he also wants a people that are full of integrity, that we can truly represent the name and the life and the face of Jesus Christ to those that are around us, to those that are in our community, to those around the nations. Now we want to look at two absolute, if, you know, they say these days uh, in, in philosophy that there are no absolutes. But the very fact that they're saying there is no absolutes, they're actually saying, I'm absolutely saying there is no absolutes. They're at, you know, <laughs> kind of defeats the argument. <laughs> um, I want to tell you this morning that there are two absolute and permanent and fi- fixed facts about God. Number one is he cannot lie. Hebrews 6 and 18 says it is impossible for God to lie. So there is no mission possible there. It is impossible for God to lie. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I don't know about you, but I am human. And I have to admit, there are so many times that I have spoken and I have not acted and I have promised and I not, have not fulfilled, but God does not speak and not act. God does not promise and then not fulfill. There may be a delay. <laughs> Who knows here? There may be a delay. But God always acts and he always fulfills what he has spoken and has promised. Number two, absolute permanent fixed fact about God is that he does not change. Malachi 3 and 6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. You can't get any more emphatic than that. To have the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God of all creation, the God of our universe. See, I do not change. The universe will change. It says it will be rolled up like a carpet and it will disappear. The universe will change because it's a creation. But the creator does not change. He is fixed. He is permanent. He is absolute. James 1 and 17 also says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And, you know, sometimes we struggle in our relationships. We struggle with trusting other people um, because they change on us. Sometimes we feel like, you know what, we can't rely on this particular relationship because that individual or that situation keeps shifting. It keeps changing. It's this way one minute and then it's this way the next way and then it's this way the next way. So which one is real and which one is true and what do I trust in? So this morning, if you have a relationship like that, if you have something like that in your life, what I want to say to you this morning is that you can believe in the one, you can trust in the one who is unchanging. We don't trust in people in the sense that um, they're always going to do what's right, because they're not. We can't trust in people in the sense that they're never going to let us down. You can have the most integral person on the entire planet, and they will still 
whether consciously or unconsciously, let you down. We're human. It's just the way it is. So for you to have that full trust, the only way you can do that within a relationship is to put your ultimate trust in the one who is unchanging. And in the one who is unchanging, even when the relationships, the circumstances, the situations around you change and it shifts and it's not solid, then you stay firm. You will stay stable. You will stay strong because your relationship with God is strong. Um, Now let's take a look at God's word. Psalm 12 and 6 says, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. That is completion. That is perfection. The number seven actually means those words. Complete and perfect. And God's word has been refined seven times. So you can rely on God's character. You can rely on fixed and permanent facts about God. You can rely on God's word. Psalm 1, 19 and 40 also says, Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. You know, our faith is not placed in something that is unknown. You know, sometimes when people think of Christianity or they're, they're seeking Christianity and they're thinking, well, okay, if I have to step out in faith first, you know, I don't really know what I'm stepping out in. It seems, seems like there's, you know, I'm going to step off the cliff and nothing is there. Um, but it's not unknown. The moment you step off that cliff, the hand of God is there saying, I will be your permanent, absolute, fixed fixture that when you step off a, off a, a natural rock, you will step on the rock the the one who came to save you, to bind up your broken heart, to set captives free, to to loose chains, to take people out of bondage, uh, to, to free people's hearts. That's where our faith is. It's not in the unknown. Now that we know that God and his word have integrity, we can also know that we are to be like him. And if we have, have the seed of integrity planted inside of us, then we need to ask this question, What do you think he's going to work out on us? Integrity. (laughs) Good job. Another gold star this morning. You guys are awesome. Um, I've heard it said that God loves us so much that he will not leave us the way we are. He will change us from the inside out because there's a seed of integrity inside us. However, we have to submit to, relinquish to, give our hearts to, give our lives to, say yes to the word of God and be obedient to him and what he calls and asks us to do. And you know how he, he doesn't leave us the same. I don't know if you've ever um, gone and you've, you've bought a product and um, you've had that product before and maybe you, you didn't necessarily think it was the greatest product, but you thought, you know what, I'm here at the store and here's a, a similar product and it's in a in a lovely looking package. That's a really cool design. That's a great marketing design. And you pick up that product and you take it home and you find out, oh my goodness, this actually is the same product that I had last time that I really didn't like. They just repackaged it. Isn't that frustrating? (laughs) I've had that happen multiple times. Well, can I say this, that, that God won't do that to you. 
He won't allow you to just repackage yourself. So you were unsaved and you came into salvation and you weren't a Christian, but now you're a Christian. He's not going to just go, okay, now you're repackaged with the name of Christianity and now you can go. No, he's going to change the inside. He's going to change the product. He's not only going to change the packaging, but he's going to change everything that's in it. So don't ever settle for just being repackaged. Call out for an inner change this morning. Some tidbits about integrity. So integrity is formed in the times when no one is around. If you think, you know what, I'm a, I'm a person full of integrity. I, I go to work, I do my job, I, I do a good job there, I, um, I do everything that's asked of me, I volunteer, you know, I'm a good person, I'm full of integrity. But then what do you do when you go home and your family isn't there or your spouse isn't there or you're all alone? What do you do? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you taking in? That's where integrity is birthed. It's birthed in the, the, the darkest places where nobody is around. You know, when you look at the story of Joseph in the prison... He was, he was put in prison and he was examined and found to be true that even in the darkest place, even in captivity, he maintained his integrity. And then he rose to be one of the highest in the land. Integrity is important this morning. And integrity starts in the, in the places where nobody's around. Integrity is the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's in our lives. It's, it's the returning the phone calls as quickly as you can. You know, obviously we're, and I don't mean, um, I don't mean unnaturally so. I'm just saying, you know, it was about a 24-hour notice. <laughs> you're returning phone calls that are given to you. You're returning emails. You're, um, you're meeting, um, oh, I was thinking of this, students, due dates. <laughs> Queen students, I'm sorry to focus you out. I've, I've just come out of being a student, so I graduated in April from, being, from the pastoral ministry, so I know all about studying. Um, so integrity is making sure you get your stuff in on time when it's asked to be in on time. It's the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's. It's, um, it's not sharing that juicy story. Huh? <laughs> I think that's a subtle one for people, the concept of gossip, you know? Sharing perhaps the wrong thing with the, at the wrong time with the wrong people for the wrong reasons. That's the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's. And again, it's in the smallest of details that its integrity is seeded and grown. What are you growing this morning? Are you growing integrity? Are you growing something else? God says that if we are faithful in little, we will also be faithful in much. God watches the little. God sees the times of the nobody around. He knows the inner, he knows the outer more than anybody. It's God that you have to line up to. It's not, it's not uh, Pastor Ray, it's not Pastor Cameron, it's not Pastor Sandra, it's not Colleen, it's not the person beside you, it's not a family member. It's God that we allow, examine our hearts so that we can know, are we being found true in that area? If we're not, And it's not ideal. God, in my relationships, in my relationship with you, in my relationship with others, how do you want me to to line up uh, with what is true? 
This morning, I'm just going to talk about two areas in which God will seed integrity in us. Psalm 24 and 3 and 4 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not set his mind on what is false, and who has not sworn deceitfully. So verse 4 says, the one that can stand in his presence is the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. So clean hands equals our outer actions, and our pure heart equals our inner thoughts and motives. So that's the two areas that God is going to work integrity into your life so that an outer and inner life uh, lines up with one another. So when you are examined, you are found to be true. Looking at Matthew 15 and 18, it says, but whatever goes out of the mouth comes from within, and that's what makes a person unclean. You know, when you look at the the Pharisees um, in in biblical times, you know, when we think of Pharisees, it kind of has a bad taste in our mouths. You know, we think of it as being very negative because they were seen as being, uh, we see them as being very legalistic and traditional, traditional, and there was rules and regulations and you had to be holy and it was all external, external religious acts. Um, but back in biblical times, the Pharisees actually were the highest religious order of that time and in that culture. They were, of, in that time, a very holy people. You know, they stayed away from certain things, and they had rules and regulations beyond what the law required of them. But those were external actions. And, you know, there was times when Jesus, he reserved his greatest rebuke for the Pharisees because he said, you're whitewashed tombs. He said, you look good on the outside, but you're empty and you're rotting on the inside. He said, you're a brood of vipers, Pharisees, because you're doing all of these religious acts, but you're inside, your heart and compassion isn't there. You need to combine the two to actually fulfill the law of love that God has commanded you to fulfill. And um, Jesus spoke this also to the Pharisees in John 8 and 44. It says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. What a contrast to God who is the truth. And Satan is the father of lies. And God wants to come and he wants to work and examine us and bring integrity into our lives that we too would be a people of the truth that the father of lies would have no place in us. And, um, and again, he wants to make the inner and the outer of our lives line up. You know, in regard to that concept of, of the enemy uh, being a liar, you know, he was, that Jesus was speaking that to the Pharisees because they were coming and again, they were examining him and they were testing him and they were telling him that he was casting out devils and demons by the kingdom of Satan. And he was basically say, saying um, that the kingdom of God, uh, sorry, I think I skipped ahead. Can we backtrack? Ixnay on that one, delete. <laughs> Let's just move on. In its simplicity then, coming from the concept that, that the enemy is the father of lies, integrity is an inner and outer life lived under the rule and the reign of God. It is fit and adapted to the truth. So God, when he's working integrity in our lives, he wants to make sure that we are fit and adapted to the truth of his word 
so that we are fit and adapted to bring that truth into our relationships. And in contrast to John 8 and 44, and a quoting again from Frank DiMazio's book, A Vanguard Leader, and again in regard to Daniel, it says, Daniel held his integrity in public and in private, in light and in darkness. And I would add, he held his integrity, integrity inwardly and outwardly. He allowed truth to permeate his whole life. He didn't just perform his faith in front of people. He performed it even in the quiet times when he was alone. So let's look at four areas of integrity that God will work on consistently if we'll allow him to. One is integrity in our hearts, integrity in our thoughts, integrity in our motives, and integrity in our actions. So these are not necessarily uh, separated. They will and they do overlap. Um, but what I do want to do is I just want to segregate, segregate integrity in our hearts just a little bit because it, it does include thoughts and motives, but we just want to segregate it this morning. Psalm 15 and 2 says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. So the core of one's being the core of our heart is that God wants to speak truth there. He has seeded his integrity. He has seeded us with an incorruptible seed that we would have a very core being of being walking in the truth. And Jesus himself was found to have no deceit in him. He is the truth. He is the, the way, the truth, and the life. And we have that seed of truth in us. So he also will work that in us that there would be no deceit in us. And uh, before we move on to talking about integrity in our thoughts and motives and actions, um, there's another scripture that I want to read because I'm going to bounce those, those ones off of this particular scripture. And I just want to give you a context for it. It's um, David, as you know, he was a warrior, um, but he had a heart after God. And he so wanted to build a temple for God um, so that people could worship him and praise him. He loved going to praise God. And he wanted to build the temple. But because he was a warrior and he had blood in his hands, God said, no, you can't build the temple of God. But what I'll do is if you, make the, you bring the supplies and I'll let your son, King Solomon, build the temple for you. So this is um, uh, just be, when David is about to give over his kingship kingship to King Solomon, and they're dedicating all of the provisions and all of the supplies that they had um, uh, accumulated over the years to build the temple of God. And 1 Corinthians 29 and 17 says this, I know, my God, that you examine thoughts and are pleased with integrity. With pure motives, I contribute all this, and now I look with joy as your people have gathered, that your people have gathered here contribute to you. So integrity in our thoughts. It says that in 1 Corinthians 29 17, it says, you examine our thoughts, O God. You know, is God examining your thoughts this morning? What are your thoughts like? Are they negative? Are they judgmental? Are they full of compassion or pride or full of humility? You know, God's word says that we are to think on things that are lovely and true, and kind, and pure. What are your thoughts this morning? What have, you been, what have your thoughts been this past week? Will you allow God to examine them and line them up with his word in the coming week? Number three, integrity in our motives. Proverbs 16 and 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. You know, motives are the why behind what we do. So, for example, um, have you ever, who here knows Cookie Monster from Sesame Street? Yeah, 
It actually wasn't my favorite childhood show, but um, my husband and my daughter, Brianna, used to like watching Sesame Street. And one of my favorite episodes that they have always talked about was where Cookie Monster, he decides that he's been eating way too much cookies, way too many. And so he wants to stop this behavior. So he has a jar that only has a slit in the top that you can fit a cookie in, but there's absolutely no way you can open the jar unless you break the jar. So he he um, is so happy and joyful that he's doing this. So he puts all the cookies in the jar, and then you see him pause. And suddenly he's like, why I do that? <laughs> it's the why behind what we do. That is what motives are. And God says that he... He looks at our motives. He looks to see if our motives are pure. And I know that's just a funny example. There's so many things that um, our motives could be other than that. Um, but you can take it from what God's speaking to you this morning. Um, integrity in our actions. You know, the, from the scripture, David was so excited that out of pure motives and out of the integrity of his heart, his heart to worship God, that he was able to bring all of these provisions and these supplies uh, to his son to say, build the temple of God for, for God's people. It's necessary. So he, was, he had pure motives with that, and, and he was contributing to this. But then he looked at the people, and he said he was so full of joy that even the people were coming with integrity and pure motives, and they were they were fulfilling in their actions that integrity by contributing to the building of King, the, the temple as well. James 1 and 22 says, Be sure you live out the message and do not merely listen to it and so deceive yourselves. And literally that's, that means to lie to self. An example with that in contrast would be the prodigal son's brother. Luke 15 and 27 and 29 says, that, says this, Your brother is here and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, Look, I have been slaving many years for you, and I have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. So we see in this scripture that in contrast, instead of pure motives, the, the brother was angry. With his, his motives were to serve and, or to get and not serve because he said, I've been slaving for you all of these years. And, his, um, and so although his actions, so the, the prodigal's brother, he had stayed at home, he didn't waste his money, he wasn't um, engaged in loose living and sinful lifestyle, he obeyed everything his father had given him, but his actions weren't lining up with his inner thoughts and his inner motives. Jeremiah 7 and 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart, And test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So our deeds are birthed out of the foundation of the amount of integrity we have. For example, the prodigal's brother's actions of never disobeying masked his real motives. And they deceived him. His inner and his outer didn't match up. And he wreaked the wrong thing in his relationships with his family and with his father. He reaped strife. He reaped discontent. He reaped jealousy in those relationships because he was doing the right thing, but his inner thoughts and his inner motives weren't lining up. They were examined and they were found not to be true. So why does God search the heart? He wants to give us 
according to Jeremiah 7 and 10, he wants to give us a reward according to the fruit of our deeds. Sometimes we read that and we think, that's, I want, he wants us to reap the negative to what we've sown negatively. But God says, no, that's not what I want. I want to examine you, help you to line up with the truth so that you can walk in the truth so that I can reward that part of your life, so that I can bring blessing into your life. Because right now you are reaping this negative thing, but if you allow me to put that ladder of integrity down, if you'll step on that first rung of repentance, then what you're going to find is you're going to climb out of that pit. You're going to climb out of that behavior of sin. You're going to climb out of that thing that holds you back, and you're going to be rewarded for your deeds, the good things that I will bring into your life that I will allow line up with the truth. You know, God, uh, he wants to examine our hearts also to not only to let him know what's in our hearts, he already knows what's in our hearts, but he also examines our hearts to let us know what's, what, let us know what's in our hearts so that we can see it and allow him to remove it. So he can remove impurities through repentance. And, you know, if, again, if we look at, if you look at a golden ring, right? So most of you probably have on a, a ring this morning. Most of the time it's like 10, 14 karat gold, maybe 24 karat gold. So that means that there's also other metals in there. There are, you know, zinc, copper, those kinds of things. So if you were then to put that gold in fire, then that fire, what that does is it examines it and it allows all of the impurities to rise to the surface. And when those impurities rise to the surface, then the, the person that is refining that gold will come and they'll just scoop out the impurities with a ladle. And that's exactly what God wants to do this morning. When he examines our hearts, when he examines our thoughts and our motives and our actions, he's saying, let, that, let your life be put in the fire Allow me to refine you. Let the impurities come up. It doesn't have to keep you down, but what will happen is I'll come and when you repent, I will scoop those impurities out of your life and you will be left as refined as gold. Um, So how does God actually examine our hearts? And I'm going to be concluding with this uh, today. So he examines us by the light of his word. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's like an x-ray. So, for example, um, this... Oh, yes. How did that get up there? Ladies, Christmas is coming up. Just so you know, this is an x-ray of a woman's foot and a high heel. This is actually what it looks like. Yeah, wow. You're literally walking on, on the bones uh, in the, at the beginning stages of your toes. And I'm like, that hurts. There's a reason why I wear flat shoes and not high heels. Um, but actually, so this past summer, our grandson, Dane, who just turned two years old, actually has his first broken arm. He's getting his cast off this week. Um, he was playing with his dad. He was running on hardwood floors with, with sock feet and he tripped and fell and, and broke his arm. And, um, so he had to go to the doctor and he had to get an x-ray so they, they could see what was hurting on the inside. And the doctor, of course, is behind the scenes. They, you know, the radiation specialists, they come and they do the x-ray and, and then they go behind the scenes and they bring the x-ray to the doctor and uh, the x-ray is taken through light and the doctor looks at that x-ray and he sees where something's broken, where something's wounded and he then comes and reveals to you what has been happening behind the scenes and this is what you do need to do to fix it. And that's what God does when he examines our hearts as he comes and he brings that x-ray 
And he shines the light of his word upon our hearts. And, um, and he reveals to us what's really going on in the inside. And this morning, if you allow him to, if you allow him to show you that x-ray, he'll also show you what's the next step to do to heal it. And um, you guys can go ahead and play if you're, if you're ready to. You know, when you think of um, Moses and the Israelites in the desert, God had called Moses and the Israelites to come into the desert that they might come to him and worship him and, and get to know him and be intimate with him. And, and, um, but the Israelites were afraid. And they had said to Moses, Moses, you go to God. You go to that mountain that is burning and that's set on fire. And, and, and you go and you hear from God because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we go there that we will die even though God had called them to come to the mountain, even though God had called them to come into an intimate place, loving place with him, they were still afraid. So Moses went and the Israelites stayed. And Moses, he allowed God to examine his heart, his life, his thoughts, his motives. He allowed himself to be examined that he would be found true. But the Israelites didn't. And Moses, he ended up staying really close to God throughout his whole life. He had this life of integrity before God. And the Israelites were constantly drifting away. And every time they drifted away from God's character and from knowing him, they drifted away from integrity. And this morning, I just feel like God is saying that he wants to draw close to you. But you can choose how how close you draw to him. He says, in his word, it says, if you will draw close to me, I will draw close to you. But the way that we draw close is we allow God, through his word, to examine us, to find if we are true. So this morning, maybe with just closed eyes this morning, let's just take a moment, allow God to examine our hearts. What's God showing you this morning? What x-ray is coming up before your eyes? Is it a thought? Is it a motive? Is it an action? Is it your whole life? Maybe your whole life has not been submitted to the rule and reign of God, and you want to give your heart this morning. You want to give your life over to him. He wants you to know that the ladder of integrity is there and the first rung is repentance. And you can come out of your pit this morning. It's all your own choice. He's here waiting. He wants you to draw close, but it's you can choose how close you get. For those who want to go deeper this morning, whatever has come up before you, don't let it be a hindrance. You want to lay it down this morning and let God draw near to you. Let him examine you and find that you are true. You know, God's word, it gives us a promise in 1 Kings 9 and 4 to 5. It says, as for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and uprightness as David your father did and do all that I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. So if we have an inner and outer life of integrity, we will reap a harvest of healthy, fit, established relationships. Integrity is important. Integrity is the foundation to all of your relationships.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.